is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the In The Round podcast. You got Matt and Boudreau here. What's up? And we are hanging out over Skype with our good buddy. He's wearing a Cowboys shirt, but I will not hold that against him. We've got Mr. David Adam Burns. David, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. That's You know, uh, the, the Cowboys and Giants, that's kind of like a Razorback fan trying to talk smack to an to Alabama fan. Well, so you got well, you got an Alabama fan sit right here next to me, so we got we got both of those. But, hey, we can agree. Screw the Eagles, right? We can agree on that. Screw the Eagles, and I ain't even and, and I ain't even worried about the Redskins because they haven't done shit in my lifetime. That's is that even a team? I thought they just kind of let them. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we can both say screw LSU, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, and also Texas because. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, down the horns. Yeah, no, man, but yeah, horn, horns down. There you go. Um, <laughs> but how are you doing, man? You're up, you're up in Oklahoma, right? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, my girlfriend is a nurse, and so uh, as soon as the the quarantine stuff even started, it was pretty much told like, "Well, you're not leaving." So <laughs> here we are. Yeah, no, we uh, we to- we totally totally get that, man. And big thanks to what she's doing with all this that's going. I know it's it's crazy times, and she's out there on the front lines, being being in the medical field. So big shout out to her and all the all the nurses, all the first responders out there during these crazy times, man. So originally from Arkansas, you lived in Nashville for a little bit. Um, back in you said you got there two thousand seven. What was Nashville like when you first got there? Way different. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a tourist town, but not to the uh, extent that it is now. You know, it's like, you know, before we had to start, you know, I was kind of telling you about, you know, Broadway, you know, it was five bars on one side of the street, you know, between fourth and fifth, the madness and the the bachelorette party and all that stuff. Now it was, you know, it was entertaining. It was, you know, coming from Little Rock, it was a bigger town than what I was used to, but it was just kind of peaceful, quiet. You know, you'd show people around Music Row and they couldn't believe that all these little houses were music row it wasn't you know the condos and the, the high rises and stuff it is now but it uh you know I, things grow it happens what it is I, I definitely like the old nashville a heck of a lot better it's just more of a close-knit community but you know things grow yeah now being you're actually the first texas guy that we've had on i categorize you because you you fit that mold that red dirt style with your music and it seems like it's a it's a spot that you claim and stuff what's the difference between nashville and austin because I've never been to Austin, Texas, but I hear that's like the big music scene out that way for you guys. You know, and I'd be lying if I said I spent a lot of time there. I've got family there and I went to visit. Um, from what I hear, Austin is so much like Nashville and the fact that it's grown and it's just not what it used to be. Uh, I, I haven't really invested a whole lot of time there, but I mean, it's it's same thing. You got your, your bars, you got your guys coming in playing for little to no money, hoping for tips and uh you know, just a lot of tourists, you know, and even in Texas, you know, the town of Austin is really so much. The, the two towns that I think really are the least Texas that I've ever been to are Austin and Dallas. <laughs> They're their own little places in Texas. Yeah. But uh, it's, you know, the, the main thing I realized about Texas country and the scene in general is like, you know, in Nashville, you go to one town and that's where it's at. In Texas, like, there's different parts and that has its own, you know, you've got your West Texas over in like Lubbock, you know, San Antonio's got its own thing. Fort Worth kind of has its own thing. Um, you know, you get out to Stephenville, which has its own thing. So it just, it's, it's like a bunch of little mini Nashvilles throughout the whole state, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. 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 And, what's, and what's the Texas scene been like for you in terms of touring? Because a lot of guys and girls, they can make their, their whole career just touring around Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. Because, like, it's so big and there's so many places to play that, like, you, there's a lot of guys and girls we don't even get to see outside of the, the Texas, like, that go outside of Texas. Like, we're just starting to see some guys that are starting to go out towards Nashville. And there's always been kind of like that rivalry between going back to guys like Wade Bowen and Randy Rogers that were <laughs> Texas guys, and then you had guys like Tim McGraw and Kenny Chesney coming up in Nashville. So what's it like go, being involved in kind of both scenes? What's that been like? No, I think I was lucky to, to go to Nashville first and really learn. Um you know, I think what separates me myself from a lot of the different artists is that I've learned the business. I learned how to write with professional writers. I learned real production. So, you know, I, I I've been able to move through the scene really, really fast. You know, I man, I see guys that you know everybody thinks like Cody Johnson just popped up overnight. Oh, he's been grinding for years, for, better part of a he, decade, yeah. So, you know, as far as just getting the kind of dates and the tours and stuff, you know, being able to apply that to Nashville has really helped. But, I, you know, I mean. 
really the differences, I mean, the fan bases in both are very extreme. Uh, I will say Texas's fan base is just, if they get behind you, they're there till the day you die. Now, like Nashville's a little bit, I don't want to compare it too, too much, but you now like American Idol and The Voice, like they're a diehard fan until the next season starts and they forget about that winter. Yeah. Nashville kind of had a little bit of that. What's hot right now? We're going to ride you to the bank. We're Texas. You know, you can be a legend down there forever. I think that's the biggest, biggest difference. And, you know, I mean, as far as industry-wise, you know, and I know this will probably be a question that comes up later of why I go to Texas, but it just – Nashville, you have to chase what a label wants. I mean, y'all seen it. You got to go play a who's who game. I always compare it to high school. You got to go out and, you know – I compare the labels to the hot girls in high school. Like if, if one hot girl don't think you're, you're attractive, then what's wrong with you? Nobody wants you. We can't touch you. Well, that's the way Nashville is. You know, you can be the it's Chris Stapleton sitting in town for 20 years, but nobody signs you. So there must, there must be something wrong with them. And I just got sick of my career being in other people's hands. You know, in Texas, you go out, you tour, and if you build a fan base and they like you, you make a living and you do it. And, you know, I, I just – I watched too many guys like Kevin Denny and, and you know, just even Stapleton until he took off. Just guys like that that were absolute amazing talents that Nashville just never bought into. And I just thought, why are we letting the gatekeepers determine if these guys are stars over some of the stuff that I just personally thought was mediocre, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And a big thing, too, it seems like. Texans or the Texas scene, very proud of their songwriting, you know, like there's a lot of guys, they're, they're writing most of their own, most of their own shit out there, you know, like guys like Co, guys like Cody John, like guys like, like that, that style, like that, that cowboy country where they're really telling the stories and stuff in Nashville, there's, there's, there was that disconnect for a while. It's starting to come back. It seems like where the songwritership is starting to, starting to get there and there's pride in songwriting. Yeah. That's where, and I think a lot of it why I relate to Texas so well is that telling the stories and the songs. You know, I mean, I'm kind of the last of a dying breed as far as guys that came to town and like, you know, I mean, y'all seen it. Publishing deals are built on who's your circle, who are you riding with, who can we get easy cuts on radio with. You know, when I was there in the beginning, it was let's find the guys that we really believe in. We're going to develop them. We're going to put them in the room with the great riders, make them learn it. It's kind of like the old days of a quarterback, how they'd sit behind a great watch and learn before you throw them in the field. You know, that's exactly what happened with me. You know I mean? I was in the room with, with Josh Thompson and Chris Young. And then, you know, even rider wise guys that, you know, Tom McHugh and, and Neil Cody and just Jason Matthews, all these guys that were heavy, heavy, heavy hitters that, you know, I'll be honest with you, man, the first few years of my riding, I sat there, kept my mouth shut unless I had an idea or something worth saying and watched the pros go to work. And so, I, that that was the biggest difference is it's gotten out of where, you know, and I, I don't want to sound like that jaded guy that's just dogging Nashville, but it just, oh, you've got a rich mom and dad. You can buy your way in or, oh, you had a YouTube video go viral. So it don't matter if you know how to even rhyme your words. We're just going to give you a pub deal and throw your music out. And I don't know. It just there used to be a standard before you had a chance to be heard. And, and I, I do miss that part of it. But. I think that grooming, that that learning how to write and really truly craft a song has helped me as far as you know what I'm doing here. Yeah, and you know, I think the uh, the real downside to that whole thing of like you said, you know, like you had a viral video or whatever, you had a hit single, so now we're just going to throw a lot of stuff at you. In the long, that happens in the short term. I would say in the long term, and to build a career off of music, though, you do have to have that talent, and there is still. I, we know some guys in town that, you know, moved there and they hit it off quick, but now they're starting to get people around them that are, you know, grooming them and stuff like that. And, you know, it is frustrating. I've been there too with stuff like that. Uh, being, I came to town as a guitarist and, you know, stuff like that happens, you know, the flashier guy gets the gig, but, you know, over a career, um, I think that, you know, there is still some of that grooming in Nashville, but I, I agree with you, you know, there, it has turned into a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, and I think that's one from in Nashville that really, you know, drove me kind of out of it was just, I don't care whose name's on the song. You know, people all the time, did you write all your songs? And it's like, you know, for the most part of them, yes, because I didn't get picked anything I like better. You know, I just, there's too many great, great songwriters out there not getting cuts. I mean, I talked to Michael White, who, you know, I wrote my first number one beer bucket list with. And, 
you know, he wrote the baby for Blake Shelton. He's had several number ones. And, you know, when I talked to him last, he pretty much told me that he's done getting out of the business, you know, can't get a pub deal, doesn't know what to do. And the guy's still cranking out songs that are absolutely amazing. And it just, that's the part where it makes my heart hurt and I want to see something change. And I'm glad to see guys like Luke Combs and some of the young cats that are trying to just get great songs and make it better. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Now, talking about Texas, Texas is one of my favorite places to go on the road because, one, um, I always say it, there's girls and then there's women in Texas. Texas, beautiful women. Also, the food, um, I did not know what Bucky's was until going oh, to Texas. And, bro, it is insane. And I didn't really – my first time having Whataburger was in Alabama. But having Whataburger in Texas, I can see why you all are so proud of that. It's just – Man, you know what's funny is I burned myself out on Whataburger when I first moved here because I literally just lived off of it. I, I mean, I remember back in Nashville, I had friends of mine that, like, we would go make a Sunday out of driving down to, to, to Birmingham to go to Whataburger. <laughs> I've done that many nights. You leave after work, and you go down, and you get back before work the next day. I've done that many a times. <laughs> yep, yep. But, man, yeah, you know, because I'm mean, – I gotta say, I've had the best of both worlds. I mean, I, Nashville, as far as being a foodie, is freaking awesome. But man, yeah, Texas, same way too, man. I mean, it's different styles of barbecue, different styles of cooking. But I'm pretty sure I was a Mexican in another life because I could eat Mexican food every single day. Same, the- same here, same here, bro. Although I, I do have to point something out, I have figured out, you know, because down in Texas, if you don't call it queso, they will quickly correct you. And uh, I didn't realize that Arkansas invented cheese dip and so uh yeah, see, I'm yeah I, yeah i did i called it queso growing up being in new york and then i got down there and and i remember having having lunch with this guy and we were first starting to get to know each other he was like hey we'll, we'll take a cheese dip and i was like what, what the hell you mean a cheese dip and then and then a thing of queso comes out so i was wondering where that came from so that makes sense that it's a southeastern like arkansas thing yeah that's, I, I didn't realize till this past year that I actually started in Arkansas, and we call it cheese dip. So for all you Texans out there, y'all are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I uh, there was a point in my life where I said I'm pretty sure my blood type is queso. <laughs> Chips and sauce. Well, it's, it's like that line uh, with a uh, you know that song Tequila Salt and Time that I wrote with Trent Wilman. You know, <laughs> who knew living on chips and salsa could be so good for the soul? I mean, dude, it's true. This oh, whole yeah. quarantine thing, I've been thinking about the day I get back to a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, what, yeah. so what have you been up to? You've been out in Oklahoma. What what have you been doing to get through all this quarantine stuff, and what's it been like out in the Midwest? Uh, man, I have done a whole lot of becoming a chef and trying out things and seeing if it works. Anything good? Have you come up with like something where you're like, whoa, I didn't think this would be that great, but it's it's good. Not really. Th- I, I've tried different marinades and stuff like that, you know, because I was always a grill guy. Well, we're doing the apartment living, so I've had to, to really hone my cast iron uh, skillet skills. So, uh, no, nah, it's been more of that. But I've uh, I, I never really did the the online, like, Scott-style writing. I've been doing that quite a bit with some cats and just kind of – I'll be honest with you, man. I, I hate to say it. I've kind of looked at it as a, a two-month vacation. You know, I've done a lot of online shows, but – I mean, we've been hitting the road almost 200 dates a year, which, you know, you guys being with who y'all work with, y'all know exactly what that's like. So I, uh, you know, for me being the artist, you know, I don't, I don't have more than just my band, you know, I don't have a team. I don't, you know, I've got a manager and me and that's it. And so, uh, you know, people always ask like, man, what do you do during the week? Why are you so tired? I'm like, cause man, I drove y'all's asses there, played the show, drove us somewhat of the way home before I was about to pass out and made y'all take the wheel. (laughs) Got back on Monday, had to call advance, do the radio calls, you know, all the emails, all the booking, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's, I know my girlfriend thinks I'm the laziest son of a bitch right now, but I have literally just tried to take a two-month vacation. Yeah, hey, and that and that's the way we've kind of been looking at it. That's the way a lot of people have been doing it. Have you been out hunting at all with it being hunting season? Man, not not here because I don't have all my, you know, like where I'm from in Arkansas, duck and deer is kind of the main thing. And yeah. so I, I still have Arkansas license, so you got to deal with that. But like I said, the, the big, big thing is just, you know, with Lang being a nurse, I didn't want to risk being out, you know, because, you know, you're hearing that you can walk around with this virus for 14 days before you know you have it. So it was just one of them things where I, I couldn't take going out there knowing I was spreading it around by doing things or being around people. I got you. Yeah, I of did. course. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and that and that's smart of you to be doing that because a lot of people, a lot of our a lot of our buddies and a lot of our crew back in Nashville, they're they're good old boys from Bama and Georgia. And this whole time they've been just using it as time to be in the woods and be on the water, see how many fish they can pull out and see how many turkeys they can shoot. <laughs> well, we do got a pond out here out front, but that's the other problem. All my poles and everything are in Texas. I, like, so I, uh, <laughs> I, I commute to come up here and see my girlfriend. Yeah. I wasn't planning on living here for two months. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I uh I got ordered a couple of just Zebco 33s, just something, because Matt doesn't really know how to fish. He's I know the, I know how to fish. I'm not great he at He doesn't it. know how to tie a lure onto a line. <laughs> so. yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, I'm not one of them, like, high-profile, like, which lure? I mean, like, dude, you can throw me a hot dog, a worm, exactly. or a cricket, throw it on the water, and that, that's, you know, what I'm used to doing, so... I, uh, I've got a, a company wanting to endorse me with some fishing gear. And I was like, y'all do realize I've never used any of this stuff, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just ordered some Zebco 33s and like a simple like bass kit, you know, some purple worms some stuff like that, yeah. some crawdads. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's a little pond here that I've been catching a lot out of. And I'm pretty sure I've caught every fish three times over in that pond. That's pretty awesome. I, it's, you know, Lang's family, actually, they, they run a horse farm here. They're horse trainers. And, you know, Lang is actually the uh, world champion for the Morgan Horse Association and stuff. So Dope. a lot of um, when I've been off, I've been out there on the horse farm with them, just helping with feeding and just, you know, hanging out or just, you know, that's, that's kind of been the outdoor. You know, like I said, we're, her place here is an apartment, so you can't really get away from people. So. Uh, and, you know, and then you're in a town that you don't really know. I mean, that's, you know, I said, I know how to get to her place and the horse farm and Walmart. That's about it. So <laughs> that's pretty I, much uh, the situation we're in in Delaware up here. So, yeah, because yeah. we're, yeah, yeah. we're, we're staying with some family that I've got up here. And we've been up here for two months. Like you said, it's weird not being on the road. And it's kind of, you, it's, it's, a, it's a shitty situation. But looking at the positives, it's almost like a vacation to kind of catch your breath. So then the rest of the year when we can get out there, I know you'll be grinding. We'll be out there grinding on the road, too, and just, just yeah. going, man. And people are going to be wanting to come out and see shows, and it'll be a good rest of the year, you know? Yeah, I'm anxious to see. You know, I mean, it's I, I'm not just completely convinced that we're going to be able to get back and tour the way we were. You know, the first show we can potentially do right now is May 22nd. So we're waiting to see if that even happens. But I, the big thing that hurt us was, you know, I did this record, you know, I was in a legal battle with Silver Auto Records trying to get my record back and spend all the money, finally get it back. OK, so we get everything, we get singles out and we finally gear up. We were going to be releasing the record on May 22, which is when that show is. And that was going to kickstart a five week album release tour. Well, you know, with me being an independent artist, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul as far as promotion and surviving week to week. So. We decided, okay, well, let's put off the record release. So now the dates we do have, we're booked around that. And so it's just, everything's kind of up in the air right now. We just got to kind of see and make sure it makes sense. But, you know, we, I know we've got some runs in like Colorado and Wyoming and stuff like that coming up in July. They've all said we're on. So I know there's going to be touring, but I just, I'm curious if it's going to be the, the amount that, you know, we're used to, but yeah. I, I'm ready, man. Yeah, dude. Um, where's your favorite place to go? Because there's if you're touring 200 shows, you're all over the place. And I know with with Texas, there's so many different places within the state of Texas, within Oklahoma. Yeah. But you're even mentioning Colorado, Wyoming. I'm sure there's other places that you've been. Man, you know, it's funny. People always ask me that about what's your favorite. And I don't know if I can pinpoint a single favorite. I mean, obviously, getting to go home is one of my absolute top, you know, because for one, we can sell it out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> A lot of nights, it's like the old Nashville days. You're still playing the bar staff and a few people, you know. I mean, we're still learning the scene and figuring it out. But, um, you know, Green Hall, obviously, I mean, you can, that's just the iconic, you know. Kate, you know, I've gotten to play that now two times. And during the quarantine, I was supposed to play there again about two weeks ago. And so instead, we did an online show with them. So that was kind of a cool takeover. But, um, you know, going down to Key West, you know, like last year, we went up to Montana and did shows with Cody Johnson and Curtis Grimes and, like, we went out and hiked in Montana and went to like some of those waterfalls where the snows melted. And like, you know, I, I'm not a fan of cold weather and cold water. And like me and Curtis and all of us got in that waterfall that was like 40 degree water. I mean, just <laughs> doing stuff like that that you never do is pretty cool. But I love going to the small little, I mean, y'all can attest to this, you know, some of the just small little podunk towns that you've never even heard of that. I've made friends for life in some of those places. And if it wasn't for music, I never would have, you know, Dothan, Alabama is like a place that I remember we used to go and play all the time. And I never would have heard of Dothan ever if it hadn't been for music. Funny. <laughs> so uh, basically the way, like I got on Muscadine 
uh, coming up on a year ago, first run was May 31st, June 1st with them. So I got with them, but then we were searching for a merch guy and I brought Matt out. And one of the first runs that Matt got to do, we went to a town called Boaz, Alabama. And I'm from New York. So for yeah. me, I, I think maybe there's an entire like 500 people in the entire state of Alabama. That's my, <laughs> that's my Northern look on Alabama, places like Alabama, Arkansas, all that. So and all, most of our guys, they're, they're like Gary and Charlie, they're from Mobile. Tyler's from South Alabama. Most of our guys are Southern dudes. So for them, these yeah. podunk towns, that's just part of the that's game. That's where we it's, grew up, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I grew up in a town that's six streets, 36 houses, <laughs> a elementary school, and a pole mill. Like, that's it. Yeah, meanwhile, I graduated with like 500 people all in the same town. Like, it's yeah. it's different. Yeah. But Boaz, Alabama, that was a trip. We I, I asked somebody at the merch set, when I always get this, I always get, you ain't from around here, are you, boy? I always get that on the road because I'm talking I get my Yankee talk where I'm talking so fast and I had one lady ask I had to pull my my, my cross out some lady was like do you know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ or are you one of them Jewish folks and I was like whoa like this is crazy and then there was like the opposite for me like you know when I was first touring you know because I was notorious for like the songs about the south and southern yeah. and that. And, and, you know, and, and uh, with my first record deal, you know, a lot of people don't remember, but I had a song that was actually on the Billboard chart, number 62. Hey! And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, we did the nationwide tour. And, you know, that was my first time going up to, like, Pennsylvania and New York. And, man, like, you just having your – it's kind of like Chicago. You picture the entire state of Illinois. as oh, well, that's what Illinois is. It's like, no, Chicago is just one little piece of it. Here's Illinois. And that's what I really learned about up there. And, you know, that's one reason why you don't really hear a whole lot of, like, from the South, this and that, whatever my songs. It's just like, man, country's all over the place. Oh, and, it certainly but, is. But it was – I'll never forget you talk about the, the, the Jewish thing, though, because I uh, <laughs> my first sold-out show I ever got to play, it was during that radio tour, and I was with Chris Young up there in uh, – uh, oh, what was the town? Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, that's the Amish. And yeah, and that was the stuff. And it was during that time period, you know, where they're allowed to go out into the real world and decide if they want to stay in the, the village or whatever. And so they're all kind of warning me about that. And like everything that could go wrong with guitars going out, batteries dying, someone like, you know, there wasn't really a row because it's mosh pit style, just standing only. But if there was a third row, somebody drops in the middle of the second song. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, I've experienced all that stuff. And, uh, I can't remember how the heck we got started on this, but no, no. So was that like culture shock for you going up and seeing, being up North and like seeing some different things? Man, it, it, it was, but it wasn't like, it really felt at home when I got there. It was just, it wasn't what I was expecting, but you know, like even in New York, uh, Oh, what is that town? It's a few hours outside of the city, but it's a very, very kind Monticello, New York. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I know right where that's at. I used to go up there with the station Thunder Country. You know, yeah. I, I did their birthday bash every year for what four or five years in a row, and like that's the stuff where I talk about. You know, places you never thought you would have been or would have ever heard of. That I met some of the greatest folks that I still talk to. Did you? you did know? you go to the casino there? Yeah, that's where the uh, the, the racetrack deal. Yeah, they got it's a they got so it's a it's a horse racing track and a casino all in one. That's how. Oh wow! That's how we lose all your money that, real that's, quick. That's how up in New York. That's where they put the casinos. Is they put them where the horse tracks are because then it's like one gambling facility. Because they still frown upon that. Whereas you got yeah. other places like you're driving down the highway in a place like Oklahoma and you can pull into a gas station. They got slot machines and shit. Oh, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. That's yeah. where I kill boy. They just got them sitting in the bar. You got walk in a dive bar and there's four slot machines. <laughs> People will show her. Yeah. <laughs> Me- Meemaw's over there with her palm all just, just throwing out retirement money in there. <laughs> so much for that 401k, Granny. <laughs> Speaking of 401k, what are your cowboys going to do with Dak Prescott? What the hell's going on, man? Man. Because I, 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 I love to see the turmoil as a Giants fan. I love that there's there's you know, chaos in Jerry World right now. I love it. Always some kind of drama. I they're going to get something done and signed. I, I I just don't see how they don't. I mean, we knew the big problem was the salary cap, and there was a lot of guys to get paid. That's one reason why I was so furious last year. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's no reason Dallas should not have been a Super Bowl contender and made a playoff run. I mean, that was the team we've been waiting on. With your weapons, too, you've, you've got a receiver in Amari Cooper. You've got one of the top running backs. You've got a great defense. You've got yeah. Dak, who's seasoned now. He's he's played long enough. He knows what the hell he's doing. Like. I'd- you know, I mean, I, I love Dak. I'm a true Dak fan. Don't get me wrong. But he's also asking for money for somebody that's, you know, Brett Favre or something. Like, 
he hasn't proven anything to me that he needs a huge payday. Like, I think it's genius for Dallas franchise tag him, put these weapons, a new coach, go, there's no excuses. You want to get paid like that? Go earn it this year. And, exactly. you know, I get it. You know, there's money. I mean, I get it in the music business. I'd probably be playing the same hardball with a record deal. So, you know, yeah. business takes over, and that's what I hate about it. But it just, I don't know, man. When I hear dudes griping because they want, 50 million instead of 20 million i'm like man i'd be good with just like you know four thousand. would you quit bitching and just go play some ball <laughs> they're playing football for the dallas freaking cowboys like what more do you want like you want 50 like what difference does that make that's that's a dream the gig the great quarterbacks always get money outside of the game i mean for me it's a, I don't, i've always been about winning like i don't care how much money i've got it's if i can I don't know. Money's just never been that big of a thing to me. I could yeah. live off nothing. So yeah. I, I, I feel like if I was a quarterback, I'd be like, man, let me go do a few commercials. Make sure we get me some weapons. Yeah. Let's go. Is it, is it going to be weird seeing Jason Witten in another uniform this year? <laughs> That's the one that hurts me the most, man. He like, was y'all's guy. Like he was just, your guy. I, I mean, I get it. We couldn't afford to keep paying him, but it's just like, I don't know. Just give him a wheelchair and let him go run a few routes. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel I feel that, and it's it's been weird not seeing Eli for the Giants, which Eli was like my guy growing up. I mean, I wish we could have put if we had an offensive line that was half as good as y'all's offensive line, Eli would so even just half as good, Eli would still be playing. But it's I, I mean his years are up there. I mean I've always respected Eli, you know, because I'm one of them too. Like a lot of people want to hate on Brady or hated on Manning or whatever, and I'm the kind that's like, dude, like of course if it's Sunday and they're playing my team, screw them guys, but. Like, appreciate the greatness. Like, how often yeah. do you get guys that come along? And, like, I don't know. I I don't think him and Peyton are on the same level. Just oh, Peyton, no. No, of course not. Yeah. Of the game, but it's how he could literally sit there and pick apart the defense every play. But there's no denying that Eli's a great, and I hated seeing him go down the way he did. I mean, as a Cowboys fan for the Giants, I, I was laughing and loving it. Oh, but, of course. As but for a, the sake yeah. of an icon and a player, you kind of just look at it and go, man, come on. Yeah. Yeah, no. And so, I mean, hopefully you're, I mean, I'll say it because we're being friendly right now, but hopefully your Cowboys, they, they do as good. They do great, but not as great as my Giants, which I don't think that, I don't think either, I don't think the Giants are quite there yet. We're, we're in that I deep rebuild mode. Then you're, you're running back. Y'all got to get a few more pieces there. I, I, I yeah. still don't even look at y'all for it yet. So. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're not the team that we were, which is frustrating. Redskins, I was kind of thinking, ain't that where the Giants are too? But you know, hey, we're not quite. I mean, they they picked before us. They picked before us this year. It was two picks you know before the, us. I'll tell you what, man. That the was it uh, Rivera? Is that his name? The the old Panthers coach that just took over Rivera. Yeah, Rivera. Oh uh, yeah, Rivera. That scares me. Yes. I, yeah, that dude is dangerous. That, I'm a I'm a Falcons fan, so I've seen that dude for a while now, and he yeah. is he's he's like old. Uh, Less miles down at LSU, he can just pull something out of the back pocket, and yeah. you're like, "What the hell happened?" Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm, I'm a little worried for the division sake of that one, but yeah, if, if the Eagles would just roll over, die, and like never be seen again, that'd make me happy. So, you and me both, brother. You and me both for sure, man. So, um, so as far as 2020 now, what was what's kind of the plan? You said you got the record that's um that you guys are getting ready to put out. What's that whole process been like going in and, and working on a record and now getting ready to release it to the world? Yeah, I mean, it's been chaos. You know, uh, I don't know how much you guys know the backstory, but that was a lot of the deal, too, was, you know, th that first record publishing deal that I'd signed. Um, it was cool because it got me in a lot of doors that I shouldn't have been in so early. But I was also one of them young, hungry, too hungry kids that, you know, signed bad contracts. And I found myself every day, every year after that, having to try to get back above water because of the damage it did. And so it led me to when Silverado Records came in and wanted to do a record deal. And my team decided, you know, man, like we're, we're doing as much as we can do with no help. Like it's a free record. We should take this. And I never wanted to do it. I had a bad feeling about the guys and the deal in general, but we did it. So I, I'm one of them. I try to find the positives. The positive is that I had been riding with Trent Willman and it got me the chance to finally get in the room and, potentially do a record with Trent. So that was awesome. And, you know, for so many years in Nashville, I had been told, you know, you're too country. And I'm like, last time I checked, it's called country. Let's kick these pop kids the hell out. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, what was cool about it was a lot of the songs that were quote unquote too country all those years for me to record ended up on this record along with some of the newer stuff. And so Making the record was amazing. I mean, it, it was it was the first time I ever worked with someone that truly got me. I, you know, I mean, 
it, it's Trent's like the big brother I never knew I had, you know, I mean, I, man, you hear fiddle right there. I absolutely he'll hear fiddle right there, you know, and it's both of us are on the same wavelength. So it, as far as just the team's asset, I was so excited about this record. And then, you know, he opened up the door to Cody Johnson for me to do some dates with, which led to more dates with Stoney LaRue and Aaron Watson and, uh, uh, Josh Abbott and all these other cats that all encouraged me to move to Texas. So here I've got this record. Then I decide, okay, well, let's go move to Texas. So everything is kind of put on hold. We put out the first single beer bucket list. I mean, it goes to number one. From what I've heard, it's the first time a debut single in Texas has ever gone to number one. And then Silverado starts showing their true colors. I end up in a record label lawsuit. I can't put out music for eight months. I'm touring and just watching everything that I built just do this. Finally get the record back out of the lawsuit, put out another single. We start doing this, get a second straight number one. We get the record ready to release. We're getting ready for the home run single and then coronavirus. And so it's just yeah, it's one thing after another of getting this record out. So it's it's been an emotional deal. But, I mean, this is the record I've waited my entire life to record. You know, I mean, you hear people all the time say, ah, record's got three or four singles. And then, you know, no. I made sure that every single song on this record was worthy of being a single. So um, I don't know what we're going to do, man. I know we're going to go ahead and start pre-sales on May 22, which is when the record was, you know, to come out. But um, we've got a whole lot of planning. I mean, a lot of it comes down to when can we tour? Because, you know, guys like me that don't have the financial backing for promotion, we need that tour to get the record out. So um, I know I took a really long route to answer your question. But no, you're good. No, dude, we, we really have no clue what the hell we're going to no, do. No, dude, we, we, we love that. Now, growing growing up, who were some big like people that you were jamming out to? Because with your with your style, I, I, get, I can hear like the George Strait and like the cowboy yeah. shit in there. But I'm sure that you were getting some some other things like that 90s country that was coming out of Nashville and things 100%. like that. And some probably rock and roll. A little bit. You know, I, I never really was into rock and roll, but I was into guys that were inducing it to country. Um, I grew up in a house to where it was country or bust. I mean, like, literally, we didn't listen to nothing. You know, I think that's part of why I'm so stubborn on not liking this whole rap and hip-hop and all this other crap thrown in our genre. Um, George Strait was my hero. My folks took me to see him when I was three. At three years old, I said, that's what I want to do. I was putting on concerts, pretending I was dusty, you know, on the back porch. like That, that little viral video of that kid that walks out and does the whole thing. Yeah, I, I was laughing my butt off because that was literally me at five years old. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, I, I mean, I grew up in the, the 90s hat act thing, you know, Mark Chestnut, Tracy Lawrence, Red Akins, Rick Trevino, Wade Hayes, Daryl Singletary was a huge influence of mine. But I mean, I'll, Joe Diffie's Shannon. No, I mean, all those guys that, that really were just putting out great songs in the 90s and stuff. And, you know, I mean, Daryl Singletary was another huge, not just influence, but like a mentor, you know, I met him and knew him over the years and, you know, y'all see it in Nashville. I mean, it took me moving back to Texas or not back, but moving to Texas to put my Wranglers and my cowboy hat back on and say, you know what, screw this. I'm doing it my way. I mean, at one point my hair looked like hide off that 70s show. I'm wearing clothes. I never would have worn. And I mean, I'll never forget the day that I just gotten out of that first record deal. It's kind of like in that, what the hell do I do now mode? And uh, I ran into Daryl Singletary down in Panama, and he just looks me up and down and goes, what in the hell are you doing, boy? <laughs> and I'm like, come to see you. And he goes, no. He's like, you're one of the only kids that had faith in me for country music, and this ain't it. Like, get back to your roots. So, you know, it was a lot of that stuff. And, you know, like Tracy Lawrence and Diffie and them, I mean, they really had a good rocking edge to their stuff. So I think that's probably where my deal comes. But I don't know. I just – it's it's funny because when I was in Nashville all those years, you know, people would claim they're kind of traditional country or, you know, just country, country, but it always seemed really outlaw. You know, I remember when Chris Stapleton came out as an artist, everybody's like, oh, traditional country. And I was like, sounds kind of blues to me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? which, which is still great, but it's not necessarily yeah. the country country. But I just, I never felt like I fit in anywhere. You know, I mean, I remember when that whole Luke Combs thing was flying up. Like, even all those guys, you know, a lot of them, you know, I had the chance to write with and stuff. And at the time, you know, I was touring so much and writing for myself, which I'm kicking myself now for not jumping on those opportunities. But even then, I never really, I was like, this is still just not really what I'm trying to do. And it wasn't until I got to Texas that I finally realized, okay, where's Chestnut from? Where's George Strait from? You know, Tracy Lawrence, he's from Arkansas, but he's right on the line of the two. 
they were all Texas. And I've really understood now why they used to call it country and Western because the style that I come from really is more Western music and, you know, playing the NFR out in Vegas with all those Cowboys. And, you know, even now dating a girl that's really tied into the Cowboy scene, it just, it's kind of one of the things I look and go, no wonder it never worked for me because I was in an identity crisis. I didn't know, I was trying to do the style of music, but I didn't know who wanted it and how to portray it. You know? Yeah, that can be a tough thing for for an artist, and especially like the years that you were in Nashville. I'm trying to think of, like what was really going on in that point. So like you figure like the bro country that that bro country phase um, that really started <laughs> that started that started like 2011, 2012. And I used to work in I used to be a DJ for a country radio station in New Jersey, so I was always watching it on like the outside looking in. And seeing, and I always had real appreciation and love for the traditional stuff. I grew up with guys like Tim McGraw, Toby Keith, yeah. which I know is where it started the transition from the '90s to what we have now. But right. that, I can see where you'd have that identity crisis, and especially like not necessarily fitting in with what was coming off of that bro country, which is short for Broadway country, like that pop infused yeah. all that shit. I can I can totally understand where you're coming from. I was talking to somebody, you know, here a few weeks ago, and it was kind of funny because you know when I first came to town, Kenny Chesney was the villain, that beachy thing, and all that stuff. Well, that ain't country music. I mean, God, I'd give anything to hear just Kenny Chesney songs on the radio instead of what we're hearing now. But uh, then it was like big and rich and all just the weird rock and freak show stuff. And then all of a sudden, the Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean thing is kind of taking it to the other level. And then insert Florida Georgia line. And like right as I was leaving is when the whole Sam Hunt thing came out. And, you know, it's it's one thing you'll hear about me. Like, I'll never dog the artist, man. If you're selling millions and doing your thing, do your thing. But like somebody like Sam Hunt, I just, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He is a great artist. He should be a star but not in country music. Tell me what part about that is supposed to be country music. Yeah, I, mean, I understand just, that, yeah. I mean, like that old town road. I mean, I, I'm going to get some flack for saying this, but I don't really give a shit. <laughs> How about me dress in baggy clothes as a country dude and go sing a rap song about Compton country style and call it rap and see how that works. It just... Yeah. I'm sorry, it's horseshit. Yeah. Like, so yeah, so so funny story about Old Town Road. So are you big uh, on Twitter? Do you go on Twitter at all? Yeah, I'm on all of it. Twitter's the one I can't seem to figure okay. out. Okay. So so with Twitter, so I'm not really on it either. Shout out to that mug real quick. We saw that mug earlier. The um yeah. he's he's got David's got a um got a teenage mutant ninja turtle mug that is awesome that we're looking at. <laughs> big on and green. Big a big green ninja turtle. I think it's green. I'm colorblind. Callum, Who knows? Yeah, he's colorblind. <laughs> he, he, he can't see he can't see shit. But um but he's got so Boudreaux here, Tyler, he's got the uh, he's got a few Twitter troll accounts, and one of the accounts got banned for Permanently going after, from Twitter. He went after Old Town Road so hard as this Twitter alias. Oh man, it was and it, he got banned and flagged. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I didn't Dolan's early enough for the not Jake Owen thing. I I was around. I I've the not Jake Owen. I thing. heard What's about that? it, but I was not like in country. So like I've learned about it a little bit more than like last year. Yeah. But I, I know what you're talking about. What that what happened with that? That was the original troll, like social media of any kind. Oh, like, as a Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was called Kate Bowen, not Jake Owen. And I mean, it called out any and everyone, and it was rude. I mean, like labels were trying to like hunt IP, you know, IP addresses to have it shut down and stuff. I mean, it was ruthless. Well, there was the same one that came out a few years ago. And uh, it was more around my time. It was called Sam Hunt's bass player. Yeah, and they, they actually I, I got they got that one taken down. They figured out who it was and got that one taken down. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's, you know what's funny is I remember getting followed by that account, and I didn't know the whole. I just I'm one of them. If I don't like something, I'm just not going to give it my attention because I am the kind of just fuels me up, pisses me off. But I'm gonna be like, I'm like a oh, what's Jeff Dunham, the angry little doll, Walter? Walter, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that is, I am a mixture of Red Foreman and Walter. I'm pretty sure I was not meant to be in the generation. <laughs> that is awesome. So I'm just I'm the kind of like I'll get too fueled up over something so I ignore it. But I remember getting followed by that and I was like, I don't give a shit about no Sam Hunt bull crap. <laughs> and then I find out that like it's a parody account because he doesn't have a bass player. And I was like, Oh, I missed out on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, they uh they got that one taken down. But yeah, no, my my one troll got like 
permanently banned from Twitter for all eternity because of the final strike was Old Town Road. There were some ones before that, but the final strike was Old Town Road. Um, I I have a good one now that I mostly go after like Ohio State and Big Ten football teams. Yeah, yeah he 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 goes after the the other conference football teams and he yells about how great the SEC is. But it's funny how- because I go after it and I don't have any affiliation to anybody because obviously it's a troll account, but it doesn't look like a troll account. It looks like a real well, person's account. Like I still like randomly go on there and like tweet like you know. What was the thing you did today? You put one out that was good today. Oh, did you see the new Willer Walker? Junior video today? No, I guess I didn't even know there was one. But I got to see. This. So yeah, he put out a new a new song today. Um, it's called "Go Big or Go Home," and it's about going home with a bigger girl. And t- and the Twitter that like the account was the account say the account was like didn't know my ex started in a Willow Walker Junior uh music video music video or something like, <laughs> like like i just tweet like funny stuff like that or stuff that I don't want to say on my own Twitter. Like I just go on that Twitter. I'm like, yeah. you know. Man, I wish they made uh, toilets that were soundproof. That would really help right about now. You know, like just stupid stuff. So it looks like a real one. But then all of a sudden, like the funny one was during the Michigan-Ohio State game. I was just trolling Ohio State like crazy. Like these refs are cheating. Like F Ohio State. Ohio State sucks. Like all this kind of stuff. So everybody thought I was a Michigan fan. So like the alumni – like legit alumni people start coming after me and it was hilarious. It went on for like a week where I was just like blowing people up. Like I was just getting screenshots every day. He was texting me. He was like, look at all these Ohio state folks. It's like Ohio state football alumni association. Like it's like a blue, like it's like a verified account and they're just going after him. And it was, I was there's like, one Whoa. guy I was like, like every time he would respond and was like, that's cool, man. Must be great to look like a thumb. Like that was the only thing I ever said to that dude. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Twitter, yeah. Like that's you know it's funny because there's people like Blake Shelton. Like I don't know how long y'all around watching him, but you know I mean he had had number ones and was an artist, but it wasn't till him on Twitter running his mouth and just not giving a shit before that. I mean that's when he just boom, and then the voice comes when when he showcased the personality, and that's the thing. Now Twitter gives people a chance to showcase the personality, and it's it's them without the labels telling them what to do. They're they're being them. They're being real. And I just and that's the thing with me. Like I feel like I probably could get a lot bigger following if I would just speak my mind. But then again, I know me speaking my mind would be controversial. So I'm just kind of like, well, a guy. I, yeah, see, a guy that we like, or a guy, some of the guys that we're buddies with on the Texas scene. One of them is a guy named Co Wetzel, who I know yeah. is very, who I know is like. That's not necessarily the, the country country, but is doing his thing and really Texas rock and roll as he yeah, calls yeah, it. It's like a Texas rock and roll. Him, Reed South Hall, a lot of those guys. And yeah. Co's Twitter account, he tweets the most random, crazy. It's exactly what you think Co Wetzel would be thinking at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning when he's in a bottle of Jaeger or something, you know? Right. So like but the fans love that. So maybe you should put some tweets out. I'd be I'd follow you. I'd I'd be on there. I think the hardest part for me, and I mean it's I'm gonna sound like the old I'm I'm like a 50-year-old dude and a 30-year-old body, but it's just like, man, I was in my 20s. I did all the stupid stuff, and it's like, now I've kind of matured. You know, we don't even really drink a whole lot on the road, and it's just like, for me, it's, I don't know. It's like, I don't know what to say to these people. (laughs) It's, uh, I I don't know. I I probably should a little bit. I just... I come from that cloth of I've got my political views. I've got my views. Oh yeah, on top. oh yeah. You don't got to go political and stuff, but just yeah. like funny shit, like like yeah. even you with like the Ninja Turtles, mo. Like that, that's yeah. the character. You you talking about the Cowboys and shit, just yeah. like funny shit. You know, like I, yeah. I I think you could all you could offer some funny things. On oh Twitter. yeah, for sure. Basically, just give me a bottle of whiskey in my Twitter, and I'll let it rip. It just. Uh, <laughs> 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 hey, what what town that you've been in has the best food? Because we were talking about you being a foodie. We're both foodies too. I, I like. I have, the a, I have a food Instagram page. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you you followed either my food Insta or my actual Insta. And I forget which one it was. That's how we like kind of found you and everything. But yeah, uh, I actually have like a food Instagram page. Like that's really? that's how we roll. I uh, man, I don't know if I can pinpoint a single place. I, I will say like there's territories or places that have places that are be- like. I have yet to find catfish better than around where I'm from. Like I, I got all these places like we got the best catfish and then you eat it and you're like, no, you know, um, no, I, I get that. Um, like even Mexican food, like for or even Tex-Mex, I don't know. To me, like, I mean, I get there's a difference in the Tex-Mex and stuff, but like, you know, even I, I like some of those hole in the walls outside of Fort Worth than I do, you know, like 
the Gar- Garcia's place and all that. It was good, but I was like, man, this this little place in Granberry that was right by my house, I thought it was ten times better than that. So, I don't know. I I, I tend to be the uh, show me the place nobody knows about kind of guy. Yeah. What was your favorite place to go in Nashville? Oh man, uh, there were several. Uh, as far as like your states and that kind of stuff, you couldn't beat Kane Prime, which you only went there a couple of times because I wasn't footing the bill. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say we're, we're balling on the budget guys too, so yeah, we're, we, we're we right there with there you. Yet. We're right there with For you. Mexican food, the best one was uh, oh, what is the name of that place? It's I mean, it's like straight up Texas Mexican food. It's over kind of east. Um, why well, cannot I even think of the name of it? Is it uh, Rose Pepper? Yes, rose yeah, pepper. yeah, yeah. Rose pepper's really good. <laughs> he just knows every t- Boudreaux here knows every fucking Mexican. If Matt, place. if we we can seriously be in anywhere in Nashville, Matt's like, dude, I'm hungry. I'm like, you want Mexican? He's like, yeah, we're somewhere close, and I can get you to somewhere within a half mile of where we're at. That's good Mexican because there's Mexican food just everywhere. It's a southern well, staple. Yeah, here's my deal. I couldn't do what they called the hipster tacos. If I'm gonna go and spend six bucks a piece on a taco and it's that big around, you're gonna leave me being pissed off. But yeah, same. I did like uh, Taco Mamacita a lot. Yeah, Taco Mamacita. Uh, did you ever do uh, what was it? Moss Tacos Por Favor. What was in that one? I can't remember. Moss Tacos Por Favor. They're like really like traditional like tacos. Um, mm-hmm. It's right across the street from the pharmacy. No, because only t- I, I in fact I only went to the pharmacy once. You know, everybody raves about their burger, and I thought it was good. But the best burger in town is at the tavern. Really? Yeah, the tavern does have a good. My favorite is Gabby's. Gabby's is good. I, yeah. I do like Gabby's. That's the place like, we were talking about the other day that I couldn't remember the name of. Oh, it was Gabby's. Gabby's. Okay. The, the old original Sound Stadium. I, the, the last little bit of time that I lived in Nashville, I, I lived right by there. But And then I always loved Puckett's, man, as far as like meeting th- – that and Arnold's are my two favorite meeting threes. I mean, you know, Love Us Cafe, you know, is great, but it's like everybody's – I still haven't been there. That one. Huh? I said I still haven't been there living there it's, seven years. And it's years. worth going out for the drive, but it's it's kind of like you're needing to go to, to Whataburger to drive all the way to Alabama. You might as well make a day out of it you're going to yeah. sit there forever. Yeah. Um, what about, like, barbecue? Because I know there are some new players to the game and barbecue. Whenever you were there, what was your favorite barbecue place? Man, depending on what you wanted to go for. I love peg leg porker. Yes, um, yeah. That's my favorite. There was uh, – oh, dadgummit, I ain't going to think of the name of it. Um They've got two of them. Is it Martin's? No, I do like Martin's a lot too, but that wasn't my favorite. The, uh, Ed, Ed, Edley's. Oh, really? See, I'm a big love- anti Edley's guy. Are you? Yeah, and maybe it's recently, but uh, the last three or four years is whenever I really ate Edley's, and they're just never consistent on it, especially their brisket. Their brisket, I've had some of the driest brisket in my life from really? Edley's. Yeah, it went down. Well, you know what, though? Keep in mind. Back when I used to would ride by there and go there, it was before all the other barbecue joints really opened so up. That, so that made, was like the spot, yeah. Early on, I mean, if you want a barbecue, you went to Edley's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Martin's was really good. I do dig Martin's, but yeah, I mean, Peg Lake Porker was, I think, probably my favorite if I had to pick one. Yeah, I But love- it was all fucking distance from where I lived for four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's- wh- yeah, where in town were you living at? So you said you were up by the Sound Stadium, the old Sound Stadium. Yeah. Man, um, really, the early years, I was always, you know, Hermitage, Mount Juliet, that kind of area. Um, and then probably the last five years I was in town, I, I was, in, you know, when I, when I say I was in the Gulch, don't go, ooh, the Gulch. No, I lived in that poor people building in the middle of it, the, the yeah, Laurel yeah. House. Yeah. I, I lived in the Laurel House for like four or five years, and then uh, I ended up over dating a we won't even get into that part of my life but nonetheless someone i was dating picked this place that i never would have picked but over on uh where second avenue was the hood but they were trying to redevelop it yep well our fence was the division between the hood and the development and i is that was that the place that's like right there on the railroad tracks and all pretty close to it it uh like if you're on second avenue from you know like broadway and heading toward like hermitage yeah it was up that way, kind of. Uh, oh, what's that? There was a bar right around the. You know, there's that first All Stars or something like that. Is that a bar right there that's off First Avenue? I can't remember. Like, almost when it turns into Hermitage Lane or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember. Cafe. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. See, I, like I said, I went to Trevecca, so I'm really familiar with like that and the Berry Hill area and like where Gabby's is. Actually, before they tore yeah. the Sound Stadium down. Um, 
me and a lot of buddies like jumped the fence and got in there and we played oh, they tore it down? yeah they finally tore it down it's been a little bit over a year now but they're gonna build something new there i think they're gonna build some like uh low-income housing and stuff there which will be good and they're gonna restore for it nakely also that's cool yeah yeah so they're yeah. gonna do something cool with it but we actually memories in that original sound like my 21st birthday was at that sound stadium man oh, that's, wow. that's, I, I miss the original one yeah you a big baseball guy I, man i mean i watch it but i'm not i don't have a dial like you know with football cowboys razorbacks you know basketball razorbacks i just i don't really have a team uh i'll watch it because i'm such a sports guy but it just was the only sport i never really played which is ironic because that's the only sport that professionals run in my family. But my dad was like, you can play any sport you want, but baseball, that's my lake time. I ain't chasing you around ball fields all summer. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's funny. Dear. Have you been watching that Jordan documentary at all? Oh, dude, I ain't missed a single one. Like that's like, I, Isn't it crazy? That's like the highlight. That's like the closest thing we've had to watching sports is watch everybody tuning that in. That's a like, draft. What? Yeah, and the draft, uh, which I'm, was weird to watch. All these old reruns of games, I've been like, I don't know who won the game, so screw it. It's new to me. Let's watch it. <laughs> let's, crack, let's crack open a beer, watch watch the game. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, but yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, for me, what I love about this documentary, too, is that, like, I was a little kid. With, I mean, Jordan, my, my three, like, I had three favorite athletes, Troy Aitman, Emmett Smith, and Michael Jordan. And so, I mean, Jordan is why I was a diehard basketball fan, and the other two are why I was football. But, like, you know, you're just a kid. You're, go Bulls, they're awesome. You know, I didn't really understand the game. And like, y'all said a million times, even before this documentary started, I was like, I'm glad this is coming out because I was too young to even know and appreciate the greatness. And, like... I'm sorry, LeBron is awesome, but I hope everybody watching this shuts up about this comparison because it's not even remotely close. Oh, like, ab- yeah, it absolutely no. isn't. And something we've noticed, Jordan loved to freaking gamble. Holy shit. Like, I like throwing, throw, like, I'll play games of poker with my buddies and things like that, but playing freaking just tossing things in the, in the locker room with that, who was that old guy? The one guy that kept beating him. It was like guards. the usher. Yeah, one of the security yeah. guards. That, yeah, old, yeah, yeah. that old, like, scientist-looking guy with the glasses that just kept beating Man. him. And, you know, like on this last episode, they're hounding him about if he had a gambling problem and stuff. I don't think he did, man. Like, I know a lot of guys that are ex-athletes, like pro and just college and stuff. They, I think, A, that's how a lot of them passed the time. You know, you didn't have phones and stuff and all that crap to keep you occupied. You know, and they were traveling. That's all they had to do. But a lot of them, it's just they're so dang competitive that they want to compete on any and everything there is. And I think that's what it was, which, I mean, he straight up said it. I mean. He could gamble $50,000 because to him, that was toilet paper money like, yeah. Yeah, for us. Yeah. 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 He said he had a, he had a competition problem, not a gambling problem. Exactly. I mean, I know a lot of, like I said, professional, professional athletes, they're all the exact same way. It's like, man, if we're going to call it like it is, let's put, let's pull them all out. Come on. Man. Yeah. No. So, so <laughs> dude, it's been a pleasure freaking getting to know you and hanging out. And, uh, when we're out that way, or if you're ever in Tennessee, we definitely got to link up and hang out. Yeah, man. Well, I was supposed to have been there this month, but uh, shows are canceled. So, yeah. uh, where were you? Where were you going to be playing? Uh, uh, oh, good grief! What's the the one that got knocked out by the tornado? The basement. The basement. The basement East. Yeah. yeah, the basement East got knocked out. The original basement is still available. And it's funny. The one show that I ever saw there was actually a Texas show. It was a uh, Flatland Cavalry. Um, yeah. was the one show that I saw there. And guys like Co. and like a lot of the Texas guys. That's like a spot where the Texas guys come out and play. That's interesting. So have you been back to Nashville since you moved? Like, have you done a show there since you've been back yeah. in Texas? Yeah, I've been back quite a few times. In fact, I had to come back for all the, the court dates with Silverado Records. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we actually, we came back last uh, August. We were on like a three-week tour and we stopped in and played the original, the smaller basement. It was one of them things where I hadn't played since I left and I didn't know what to expect. And we were only like five tickets shy of selling it out. Nice. So, we, uh, yeah, that, that was cool to come back and go hang out and do that kind of stuff. But, you know, I still try to keep in touch with like Revival and, and uh, um, Whiskey Jam, Whiskey Jam and some of that stuff. But, you know, it's like I said, I'm still, you know, it, I'm one of them guys where, I, you know, I had to kind of play the part and do the Texas thing. But it's like I'm not Texas country. I'm not Nashville because neither one of them can fully claim me. I just I'm country music and just utilizing it all. So, I mean, Nashville always have a part of what I do. It just, Hell yeah. 
I'm just not going to sit there at losers till four in the morning playing the who's who game. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. So what, what we actually do, we actually have a writer's round that we do with the podcast that we do at a bar it used to be called frisky frogs. Now the bar is called live Oak and they kind of redid yeah. it. It's awesome. If you're ever in town and we're doing that, dude, we'd love to have you jump on, jump on around and get to hang out, maybe grab some Mexican or something too, or some man, peg leg, peg leg porker. Yeah. That's what we'll do. There we go. Hit it all, man. We got to have lunch. Exactly. Yeah, man. So, uh, real quick, man, tell us, uh, tell the people where they can find you at on social media and all. Yeah, man. Uh, obviously the main website's davidadamburns.com. It's got links to everything. B Y R N E S. No, my ancestors could not spell. And, uh, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and I mean, all of it. I, I don't even know why I bothered. I made a TikTok account that I'm pretty sure I'm never going to use. And, uh, all of that just David Adam Burns can't miss it, man. Hell yeah, cool, dude. Man. And tell us real quick, we're going to wrap this up by playing uh by playing Neon Light if that's cool. We're going to throw Neon Light. Get do like a radio, do like a little do like a little radio intro with it. So what's um what's the story behind Neon Light and uh why'd you put that one out? Yeah, it's called Neon Town. It, oh, uh, Neon Town, excuse me. Neon yeah. Town. My bad, dude. It's are you good? You good? It's the uh, it's the title track of this record actually. And you know a lot of the reason we wanted to go with it was because we were going to put out the single Neon Town and then a month later was going to come out the record Neon Town, which you know now that's not happening. But um, man, our radio promoter thought this was the big number one for Texas radio from the get go. But we had to kind of establish ourselves. But it's what we based everything. We've been calling it the Neon Town Tour. I mean, it's what we kick off the show with. It's just it's a tone setter for what you're about to get in a live show. I mean, yeah, I'm traditional country, but we're going to have some energy and kick some footlights out. So, uh, it just, it, it's that barn burning fun, honky tonk driving song. I wrote it with Adam fears. And, uh, I, I remember back when I was recording the record, I knew that I was missing that one song that fit that, you know, style. So I wanted somebody that I knew was a good chicken picking guitar player that could try to find like just the riffs and the stuff. And, he kept trying to turn it into a ballad, and I was like, no, Neon Town is not a ballad. It's a power driving song. So we did it. We wrote it, and uh, it's our current single that, uh, man, it's flying up the chart here. It's in just three weeks. We're already at number 35. So Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Well, man, thank you so much for hanging out. Boudreaux, another episode in the book. In yeah, the books. Man. Where can people find us? So, yeah, uh, Twitter, In The Round Pod, Instagram, and Facebook, In The Round Podcast. Uh, we're working on a TikTok. We're also trying after all this quarantine stuff is to find our residential redneck and, and get, build get, our website back with Jacob Albert. He's probably listening to that new that new uh, Wheeler Walker Jr. song. Yeah, he's probably out somewhere. there somewhere in the middle of Tennessee doing that. So we're trying to find him. The satellite phone went out and he lost all of his power and everything. So we're, we don't know where he's at right now, but we're going to find him. Yeah. So make sure you guys follow along. Big thank you to David Adam Birds for joining us today. Make sure you follow him along with him. He's got that new record coming out. Y'all stay tuned for that. Now we're going to take it away with Neon Town. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the In the Round podcast. we do way out here in the middle of nowhere's one place that we go to you can bet on friday night when the daylight is gone we're buzzing in like fireflies when that open sign comes on for miles and miles around this passerby peace and quiet stop sign no light black and white piece of ground Turns into a neon town Something about dim, dim lights And thick, thick smoke And loud, loud music Makes a tiny little mad light go To a passerby, peace and quiet Stop sign, no light, black and white Neon town We're red, white, and blue Drinkers all night long Raising hell And raising twelve Ounces to a country song It's two for one From ten to two And there's two tens at the bar And there's a tiny stage Where the band plays For tips in a mason jar No matter how bad they sound This passerby Peace and quiet stop sign No light Black and white piece of ground Turns into a neon town Something about dim, dim lights And thick, thick smoke 
Come on back now, you yeah. hear? 